Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. G'day, bosses. It's episode 97 of the show. Welcome. Today, Kate and I are talking about the protests that people tend to use to avoid public speaking. Not just the things that like are uncomfortable when speaking, but when we come across people who just sort of flatly refuse to do the public speaking or presentations, the sort of excuses that we hear most often. So the inspiration for this episode actually came from a barbecue that I attended earlier in the year, where it was a whole group of people that I didn't actually know. So we did the standard, what do you do? What do you do? And so (laughs) I said that I help people with their presentations. And two of the girls there that I was talking to, they both just said, oh, yeah, no, I just don't do public speaking. One was a lawyer. One was a teacher, Uh, which is crazy. I know. I know. Yeah. And they both said, I'm fine one-on-one. Catherine was the teacher and she said that she can speak in front of a class, but she would never get up like in the staff room. She just avoids it at all costs. And the same with this woman who is a lawyer. Again, fine one-on-one and just completely avoid speaking. And she said she knows that this affects her career. She Ooh. knows that this is holding her back, but the fear is too great. Wow. Okay. And I couldn't help myself. I had to delve into it a little bit more. <laughs> and I said, what are the sort of fears? Like what makes it so scary? And so what we're talking about today is some of the things that they said to me, why they completely avoid public speaking altogether as much as humanly possible. And I didn't really agree with any of their excuses. I believe that they are excuses that can be easily worked around if you have the right information, if you have the right mindset and are willing to um, make an effort. And I'm looking down at the list here and there's nothing that they said that we haven't heard multiple times before. So, so let's go through them and discuss why we think they're maybe not valid. So the first one came from this lawyer. Her name is Holly. And she just said, oh, I'm just scared because what if I'm not good? And you know what I think is that good is not an objective. You can't aim to be good. You can aim to be helpful. You can aim to be entertaining. You can aim to be better than last time, but you can't aim to be good. So you need to think of what you want to achieve. And oftentimes the most obvious one is aim to be helpful. Try to be helpful for people, not good. Stop trying to be good because good for one person is not going to be good for another person. There is no such thing as a universal good. That's exactly where you've got to start, I think, is being helpful. By being helpful and getting started and just giving, you will get better. That's one of our personal mottos is get going and then get good. To be good at something, at first you will suck at it a little bit. That's not a unique experience to any individual. I think that is a brilliant and noble place to start is when you speak, asking that question, how can I be helpful? Yeah, totally. Because people aren't judging you on how good you are. I have seen thousands of presentations that are not good. Do I remember any of them? No. Like people will not remember. No, your audience just just wants to know what can this person give me or teach me or how can they help me and then go back to their lives. Absolutely. So I don't think that that's a valid fear that what if I'm not good? Because good is not an objective. Aim to be helpful because that changes your entire mindset about speaking because it is no longer about you. It is about being helpful for the other person. The next objection was, I can't handle the criticism, which I think just means like, what if someone criticizes me? 
And I'll give you my thoughts on this. Mm. And they come from Britney Spears. You what? I'm very serious. It is her song Circus. And it opens with, there are only two types of people in this world. The ones that entertain and the ones that observe. Right. Wisdom from Britney Spears. Okay. (laughs) And it is so true. And so go and listen to Circus. Very inspiring. (laughs) Um, But I also heard basically this same theory from Brene Brown, which you may find a little bit more credible than Britney Spears. But she talked about there's two types of people. There's people who are on the basketball court. They're playing the game. And then there's people who are yelling from the sidelines. And I think Brene's quote was something like, if you are not on the court getting your ass kicked, then your opinion is not valid. If you are not on the court with me getting your ass kicked as well, then your opinion is not valid. I firmly believe that in my experience, what I have found is that you will not be criticized by someone who is doing more than you because someone that is doing more than you understands what it takes to do something. And usually the people who are criticizing do not understand what it takes to try things, to put yourself outside of your comfort zone and what you're trying to achieve. And at some point you need to pick and choose the opinions that you listen to and people who criticize you when they're not on the court getting their ass kicked, are not the people that you should be paying attention to. I always push back on the first part of that sentence. What if? What if someone criticizes me? And I find it is quite exceptionally rare. People are just happy. It's not them speaking. Oh, that's so true. (laughs) So like eight, ten years ago, where my speaking abilities were not where they are now, I was a best man at two different weddings. And at both weddings, gave a speech, stood up, did my thing, And when I sat down, I thought, yeah, okay, got the job done. I think that was okay. You know, gave a speech that was in honor of the the bride and the groom, said some nice things, made people laugh, whatever. And my thought was, yeah, it met expectations. (laughs) But the amount of people in the wedding who say that was bloody brilliant and I didn't have to do it. Like, there's no way I would have stood up and said something nice about, you know, these close friends that I have. It is such a common sentiment at weddings, family situations, even in the business world that people are not interested in criticizing. If they have something legitimate to say, it's nearly always positive. It really is. And it's nearly always about the content, not about you and the delivery. I think with speaking, we're actually quite lucky that people recognize it as a difficult skill. So when they see people trying it, generally it is positive. Having said that, have you and I been criticized for speaking? Yeah. Yeah. Was it from anyone that mattered? No, not really. Yeah, and it was like one comment in, I don't know, 50, 100. Like, Mm. it's vanishingly rare. Mm. So, what if someone criticizes you when speaking? Well, yeah, what if they do? They probably won't. And if they do, it's unlikely that their opinion is valid and they're just screaming from the sidelines. The next one we dove into was from Catherine and she said, I just don't feel like it's necessary that I need to speak. I just don't feel like I have anything new or unique. So, what's the point? Like, I don't feel like... Anyone's missing out on anything if I don't speak. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) It's like actually sad to hear that, right? It really is. And straight up, I will say you do not have to be different to make a difference. There is not one single piece of new information in this world. There is no idea that hasn't been thought of. There is no content that does not already exist. The difference is in yourself. Every single person is unique and you never know 
who is going to click with you because sometimes someone will share a piece of information they will explain something just that slightest tiniest bit different and it will make the world of difference for someone and they will finally understand something that they've been battling with for years and you may be that person that helps it click for someone I know that I've experienced this when I've heard something explained over and over and over and then on like the 80th time someone new explains it and I just think oh oh now I get it I always think about this in terms of our business mentors. Mm. So we went to them initially for like marketing help, right? Mm. And I think, I don't know how many small business marketing mentors there are in Australia. Heaps of them. And we've been exposed to loads of them, right? And we chose the guys that we went with because it made sense to us. They spoke, I don't know, in the right language or the right flavor or the we were in the right place, right? And when we got into their content, you look at what everybody says in the marketing space. They all say the same thing. It's all the same content. There's nothing new. It's just some people have different models or language surrounding it, or they have a slightly different system, or I don't know, it's in an Excel sheet, not a Google sheet. Like, you're completely right that you're probably not presenting something that is like groundbreaking and new. But the fact that it's coming from you is useful. You know, like at worst, you're speaking in support of an idea or a movement that you think is good. Like, yep, somebody else might be leading the charge, but standing up and speaking and pointing at it and saying, this is good, this is the right direction, is valid. That's why we have democracy and we vote every election, right? Totally. And honestly, you look at any of the greats, um, Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, um, Scott Stratton, they all, all say, say the, the same, same thing. thing. It's just in a different voice. And I follow them all. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely right. It's just in a different voice. So what if I don't have something unique? I don't believe it. I don't believe that anyone doesn't have something to offer or to add to the world. Yep. Does not matter if you don't feel unique. One of the other phrases thrown around in the conversation, um, I guess somewhat similar, is imposter syndrome. This is the feeling that maybe you shouldn't be speaking because you might have that underlying question of like, what right do I have to speak? So like, what right do I have to take up people's time and attention and speak? Yeah. Now, if you have been asked to speak, if this is by a manager, a client, a group, or even a friend, if you have been asked to speak, it's for a reason. No one's going to stake their personal or professional reputation on someone that they don't believe has something to say, on someone that they don't believe is going to do the topic or the subject justice, on someone that they don't want to hear from. If you've been given the opportunity to speak, you should accept it because that is a compliment, really. And it leads back to that first objection. You're not going to get good unless you take opportunity and speak. Oh, so true. So I think take the opportunity to share what you know And if you're worried that you might not know something, that you might get a question, then have a phrase that's indexed. This is kind of your domain. What would you say to someone as an example of an indexed phrase that they could pull out when needed? I think the easiest one is always leading with, I don't know. Transparency. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Thanks for the question. I don't know. If it's okay with you, I'll find out and get back to you. Easy. Beautiful. It's as simple as that. And being ready to say that and confidently saying that immediately removes that excuse of what if I get asked something and I don't know? Totally okay. Yeah. So overall, I think if you have been asked to speak, that's your permission. That's your right right there. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense to say no 
on the basis that somebody's asked you, but you don't feel like you have the right to speak. Like, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> right there. Like, your right is you've been asked and you've been asked because you have the right. Yeah. And then the last excuse that was made was, oh, I'm just too scared of screening it up totally. Like, what if I go blank and just look really stupid? And this is always an interesting objection because it's probably the the greatest fear when we dive into public speaking. What mm. people's greatest fear is, is having a mental blank or not knowing what to say next. But the thing is, you can mitigate against this so easily. There are hundreds of ways to make sure that you do not go blank. I believe this concern often comes from people see people speak. What they don't see is people preparing. Mm. When you're prepared and you know what it is you're going to say, that mitigates going blank hugely. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes we look at like a TED speaker or a professional speaker and we think like that's how to speak. You have to do it without notes. You have to do it absolutely like a perfect run through. That's not what we're aiming for. That's not what people want in a day-to-day setting. People want good information delivered in a way that's easy to understand. Simple as that. And the absolute fail-safe way to make sure you don't go blank is take your notes. Literally, literally take what you are speaking about up on paper. Because I ask you, would you be okay with someone giving great information in a way that's easy to understand and they're referring to their notes? I think that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that plenty of times and I am so okay with it. It's some of the best updates that I've had is from people who are using their notes. But honestly, I don't believe this is a valid excuse. There are so many ways that you can get around this. You can use your notes, as we just mentioned. You can go back only a couple of episodes ago, we talked to the memory guy and he talked loads about how to remember things. And then, of course, the biggest one, which we have talked about, I mean, I think there's 97 episodes where we mentioned it, (laughs) practice. Plan and practice your presentation. Absolutely. And then you can make sure that going blank does not become a possibility. So I personally believe that the what if I go blank is only an excuse if you let it be an excuse. (laughs) I'm so aware how like potentially harsh that sounds. (laughs) It's a a bit tough lovish, isn't it? But like you said, you were speaking to a lawyer who knew that lack of presentation skills was holding her career back. That must be hard. It's also hard to build skills, to get started, and to begin speaking in front of an audience when you don't feel amazing at it. Both of those are hard. Having your career held back and not sharing your thoughts is hard. Learning new skills and feeling not like an expert is hard. It's up to you to choose which hard you want. So I realize that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not in that complete avoidance phase. I'd like to think our listeners have given speaking a go, are interested in it, or even probably pretty comfortable with speaking in front of an audience. So a lot of this information may not directly apply to you. But you may know someone who completely avoids speaking at all costs, and this episode could really benefit. So maybe share it with them. In our line of work, we hear all sorts of excuses about why people won't speak or will speak as little as possible, even when asked. Those are the five probably most common, I think, we get. And interesting, they came up at your barbecue as well. Oh, totally. It's why I had to do an episode on it, because the conversation really was the package deal of, (laughs) of reasons. Yeah, and good to chat about, and I hope helps some people maybe realise that the excuses or the reasoning is in their head. And really, presentations, public speaking is not quite as scary and terrifying and cutthroat as people make it out to be in their own mind. Hmm. 
So yes, consider sharing this episode. Otherwise, that's us done for the episode 97. We'll be back in your ears for episode 98 and a speech breakdown. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes and other free resources. If you have any other topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week. Britney Spears taught us. <laughs> what? I'm serious. This is, It's a good song. Okay.